In this podcast, we have provided general advice only and not personal advice. In giving this advice, we have not considered your personal circumstances. Welcome to EBM Insights. In this podcast, we will be discussing how you, as an employer, can assist your staff through a workplace injury claim. We will also touch on how to minimise the case duration for all parties. Joining me today is Dr. Richard Kane and Tracy Papotto from Complete Corporate Health, an occupational health service provider committed to looking after the health and well-being of companies and individuals. I thought a good place to start is with an overview of what effective injury management in the workplace is. Can you take us through your thoughts on this, please? Thanks, Sandy. Um, as I see it, effective injury management means early identification by the employer of any worker who has or potentially has an occupational injury or illness. And I'll just highlight illness because that's often, sometimes we just think of the injury per se rather than some of the workplace injury um, illnesses that can occur. Um, on top of that, you need early medical assessment of any injured workers, um, preferably by a designated occupational medical team, um, which provides excellent care, management and early return to work. Um, and of course, this has all got to be bound together with excellent communication between all parties. I was just going to add to that as well, Richard, that I think that at CCH, one thing that we do particularly well is that we do work together with the employer. What's special is that our team will pick up the phone. You work with our doctors directly. You can email our doctors directly. And we will work with the injury management coordinators or HR or whoever is needed to make sure that we're getting the best outcome for the injured worker. Yes. You mentioned the injured worker. Do you have specific tools to help them understand the claims process and be more confident and involved in their recovery? For me, it's um, the big ticket item is education. Sure. Um, Fear and anxiety often abounds um, when people are injured. They go to work feeling wonderful and life sweet, and then suddenly they're, um, they're here. Things have happened to them. They're in pain. They don't know what the outlook is like. So, um, educating them what's happening, um, the process is really important. But it's not just from the doctor. Um, it's from every aspect of that. So, from the um, from potentially the, um, the first aider at site um, being very positive um, through to being accompanied down to CCH or any other mm -hmm. designated medical provider. Yeah. Um, uh, the medical team, obviously, um, as well as the insurer, their insurer has a big part to play yeah. in um, giving them the information they need um, regarding, regarding the workers' compensation claims. Um, uh, a great source of information um, is obviously um, from WorkCover WA um, on their website. They have um, patient pamphlets. Um, I would suggest to any of the workers, the works are. I would suggest to um, um, the companies out there that perhaps they could adapt them slightly. And I would ensure in anything that you give to your employees that it has something about their responsibilities in there. Um, it becomes quite a passive system at time, the work yep. cover, um, WA and the capacity form. So um, reminding them that um, their responsibility is to work, return to work as quickly as they're able to and setting some clear expectations um, about that. 
Uh, also, in, in something like that, you'd have a clear description of that work cover WA, and I saw a really good one from one of the um, insurance companies the other day that um, had a flow diagram that I thought was very good. Mm -hmm. um, often with a disgruntled um, injured worker, they feel that the agenda is just to get them back to work and have no real understanding what benefit that is to them. Yes. They think it's benefiting the insurer and, the, and work, but they don't often don't perceive that um, there's clear statistics to say that they will do both physically and emotionally better if they get back to work. Um, then we come into the doctor and um, it's another reason why I suggest you choose your weapons with care, who you're going to trust um, with medical care, um, because a lot, um, just because symptoms occurred at work doesn't mean that work caused them. And I think that if you don't go to an occupationally trained doctor, they don't understand that concept. Causation of an injury is not because they happen to be at work at the time. So if they go and see their um, their GP, their family doctor, and they get that um, patient advocate role going, then the first medical certificate, and you're already halfway through a claim before the um, insurer may be pending that claim or shutting that claim down or not accepting that. So once again, there's some really good, uh, it's a great moment to stop, pause, and give some really good feedback to injured workers. Um, motivational interviewing technique. Um, so doctors can play a huge role. We were talking about positivity before, and um, and part of that is also is is avoiding um, medicalisation. So um, using long um, big medical terms, which are very frightening um, and sound very scary, um, and also the skilled communicator that can convey and allay people's fears is really vital. At times, there may be some difficult cases that come up. For example, uh, there are no witnesses to the injury or the person has only just started with the business and is now injured. So how can the employer navigate these types of situations? If it's possible, one suggestion I, that I put forward is that, any, um, that you get your designated medical organisation that you trust um, to also undertake your pre-employment medicals. This means that when an injured worker comes down after an injury that one they know the building they know they've met the front staff before they may have met the clinicians um, and that really um, can really help um, compared to going into the emergency department where you might yep. wait for five hours um, uh, people are running around there's sirens going on there's klaxons so um, it can really lower that pressure but once again because they've done the pre-employment there, the doctor has instant access to that as well. So um, uh, my colleague and I were talking about it the other day and this exact thing happened. Someone came in and they said, oh, on the pre-employment, you've written something about a back injury before. And he said, oh, had I? And yeah, you put here, you'd had an MRI. Where was that done? And, and she then went and went into one of the radiological portals and brought that up. Um, that quickly dampened down something that might have gone on to a claim and it was just a brief exacerbation and yeah. everyone was very happy about that. But the employer was grateful about that because we had that data at hand. Yes. Um, uh, even at the workplace, if, if as long as it's not a dire emergency, um, the, whether it's first aider or um, the injury management coordinator, taking a detailed history while it's fresh is really useful because um, 
things can change over time, but the first person there that takes the detailed record really is get, has the best record. Um, and then also as people transition through to see the doctor, see the physio, maybe see a specialist, people can keep, you know, the, the communication that comes back, you can keep checking that history mm -hmm. hasn't changed over time, which can sometimes be a flag that yeah. maybe that's not as genuine as we first thought. Look to the trusted medical provider for guidance um, also. Um, hopefully you're, you can ring them um, at Complete Corporate Health. You can ring our front desk and you can be put straight through. If, if all the doctors are busy, you'll be put through to the nurse at least. And you can share those concerns even sure. before the injured worker um, actually arrives right. at our doorstep. Um, but the first medical certificate of capacity um, in the work cover WA system is a legal requirement. One that the the, the, the person signs off on it, that, um, this is legitimate. Mm -hmm. um, two, that they have agreed to share confidential medical information regarding that with their employee and their insurer. So that's important too. But about the third line down is um, whether the doctor has to make a decision of whether the mechanisms of injury and what they've observed on clinical examination is consistent with what the patient's telling them. And their responses to that is no, yes, or uncertain. Now, the um, therapeutic relationship breaks down very quickly when you put no. The, um, the injured worker knows very quickly that, mm. you, that you don't believe them, and that's yeah. probably the last time you see them. So virtually anyone in the occupational sphere, if they're worried, will put uncertain, and that should be a flag for the employer and um, the insurer that there's some doubt there. Richard, just wondering if um, you could share your thoughts on why a diagnosis might change over time. Thanks, Tracy. When, I guess they talk about practice in the art of medicine and um, the difficulty about medicine is, is the patient. They, um, when people come in, there's fear, there is anxiety, um, and sometimes when we assess them, it's not obviously or abundantly clear of what the injury is. Um, and often we look for the mechanisms of, of injury, and then we look at the symptoms they're talking about and the clinical um, expression of that. Um, but with an overlay, as I was saying, of anxiety, worry, um, things like that, things can get a bit confused at times. So um, the diagnosis which you initially form is only a differential diagnosis and it, it may and often does change over time. In fact, I think if a diagnosis is changed or changing, the insurer will want to know about it because they may have already accepted a claim for one thing and then sometimes we find it's actually not that communication between the doctor and the injured worker, the doctor and um, the company and the insurer, then you can um, you get a flowing dialogue rather than a, a, a monologue of what's happening. And it becomes a bit of a delicate balance in that conversation between all of the, the interested parties and that, that line of communication becomes quite critical um, in these difficult cases. Oh, it's vital. Yeah. It's vital. We at Complete Corporate Health, we use the phone, we use emails, we, we're often asked to write reports, which we spend a lot of time addressing um, fully so that everyone understands across the board what's going on. Yep. Great. Thank you. Thank you.
Um, you'd be aware of the current limitations around the labour market, and this is seeing some businesses choosing to onboard higher risk employees to fill gaps in their resourcing. So, for example, this may be someone with a pre-existing condition or a person that needs on-the-job training as there isn't someone more suitable at the time. Um, how much does prevention management play in these situations and what are your thoughts on it? I might flip back it just and start with um, the pre-employment medical um, because that's often a great place. Um, well, it's the start of, of, of the job often. Um, by definition, a, um, a pre-employment medical is a discriminatory assessment to find the best candidate for the role. Um, it's probably, um, and part of that is that you only get one chance to prevent bad actors or employing bad actors yeah. and then um, potentially rolling out to um, claims of unfair dismissal mm -hmm. when you're trying to exit them from your company. When a, a pre-employment medical is not a pass-fail assessment, um, it's a risk um, analysis um, document really. Um, and from that, that's one part of the entry into an organisation. Um, and at the end of the day, you're looking for the best person and the best person is going to be the person with the most experience, the best job history, um, the skills that you need. And part of that also is how they went on the functional assessment and the physical assessment. So from that, um, any um, and any hiring agency should be looking for the best candidate. If the person with suboptimal functional and um, pre-employment medical is the best candidate for the, that you desperately need them for the role, then you have to manage what you get. And any good occupational medical provider can give you that. Um, but you're going to have to ask them often yeah. um, because that's going to go at the, you know, they're um, engaged to provide a risk analysis. They give you the risk analysis, show you your risk. The next step um, is how you're going to manage that risk. You can ask them for that and they should be able to give you that. Also, this is a great time to actually use the general practice because the general practitioner, because these are classically chronic illnesses, um, chronic illness management like hypertension, ischemic heart disease, diabetes, um, and a, a good GP will have a health management plan which you can co-opt into, yep. um, well, these are, the, these are the KPIs that we need you to meet if we're going to take you on. There's a lot of chronic illnesses and we all know of them and we've got an ageing population and musculoskeletal degeneration, shoulders, knees, spines, very common. We've got the obesity pandemic and with yeah. um, people overweight and at increased risk of hurting themselves. A good organisation with a good engagement um, can take a person that's suboptimal, but they once you take them, you take them warts and all, so you need a good um, management program for them and particularly try and take them away from the risk. So if it's musculoskeletal, you want to do you want to make them a supervisor or um, give them a role where they're not used, having to manual handle yep. all day long? I think another um, important point that um, we should address in sort of this situation is your, as you said, your pre-employment medical is really important, but a good quality pre-employment medical 
with a good organisation done properly actually prevents an employer from potential discrimination claims yes. down the track. And I think that's something that CCH does particularly well um, because it's very important that if you have a person with particular disabilities or, yes. or medical conditions that um, in line with a good medical practitioner's recommendations could potentially be accommodated in the workplace, but the way that that's documented and the way that that is presented back to the organisation is critical to prevent those discrimination claims. Is that fair to say, Richard? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, we, we're not allowed to discriminate, mm -hmm. so you you can't say this person's got a BMI, I saw the other day, a 62. Uh, um, you know, could he do the task? He was a young man, and yes, he could do the task. Was he at risk of um, damaging himself? Absolutely. Yeah. So he was he was high risk for a manually intensive role. So you can't then turn around and say you didn't get the job because you're obesity. It's like you've got high risk for damaging your ankles, your knees, your hips, your back, your shoulders, um, and then or so from that, will you will you take him or will you um, look for someone that has less of a risk profile? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's great information. I mentioned at the start that the podcast would also touch on how to minimise the duration of a claim, as this would assist all parties involved. Um, what tips or strategies do you suggest to help streamline the claim and limit the amount of time? Okay, yeah. Um, look, the first one would be, um, get as I this is repeating from earlier on, um, get an injured worker assessed early by a good clinician. From that, get a firm diagnosis. From that, a prognosis and a management plan. Um, sorry, monitor them carefully and make sure they're moving along the expectation to recovery. If it's if they're um, if they're going with their GP and you're getting poor results, seek a second opinion from a trusted occupational medical group, which is entirely within your rights as an employer. Um, employ employ the spice model of work. Communicate early and often with your injured workers. Make sure that everyone knows the plan. Um, and shore up boundaries moving towards the goal. One that we um, found the other day is um, understand the patterns of presentation within your whole workforce and implement group strategies that might in, impact individual claims. We found there was um, uh, a subgroup within an organisation recently that had a cultural view on injury management and my colleague spent considerable time um, nutting that out and working with them and having a round um, table conversation until they came to a solution to that. Um, almost immediately the claims all started to drop off with a clear plan, something to bold. Um, any early issues that may be choosing the right doctor who can identify and communicate early any issues that may be unforeseen or evolving. Pay attention and invest early in cases where flags have been raised, understanding that the extra cost and time spent with these cases early on can decrease the duration of the claim and improve return to work outcomes. Uh, encourage case conferences that include all parties if there appears to be a different message coming from different people or breakdown in communication. And lastly, uh, to, um, to consider employing an independent medical examination uh, when things are not going well and you've assessed the biological, psychological and social factors involved and you're still not coming up with an answer, tapping into um, another provider, specialist provider to give you some of those. Um, for 
for everyone um, from the employer to the insurer to the treating medical um, clinician is really useful. Thank you. Thank so, you. Richard, would it be fair to sort of summarise that by saying that a small investment of time and effort up front often reduces the value and duration of the claim? Absolutely. So just going back, companies that care and invest in their employees, their injured workers, do very well on the whole. Look, one thing that we are particularly proud of at CCH is that we have a, a strong collaborative and collegiate approach to the way that we work. So, you know, when you deal with one of our doctors, not only are you getting the benefit of their knowledge and their experience, you also get the benefit of all of our extended specialist team, our allied health network. And um, I think that we are very much a sort of can-do organisation. Yeah. So we certainly look to get the best outcomes for everyone that's yes. involved. Um, the initial parts of any sort of claim are really important and um, well, I think what we've we've talked a lot about in the yep. podcast already is that the initial stages of the mm, claim mm, are, are mm. vital. Um, it can be really hard to get that com a complex case back to yeah, yeah, yeah. a reasonable point if you get it wrong in the early stages. So thank you again to Richard and Tracy from Complete Corporate Health for joining me today. Um, if you would like more information on what they've discussed, please visit their website, which is completecorporatehealth.com. That is all one word. Um, also, if you'd like to access our entire podcast series, please head to Spotify. Plus, we have links to each episode on ebm.com.au. Thank you to Richard and Tracy. Thanks, Sandy. Thank you, Sandy.